Thank you for connecting to our broadcast. We pray that it connects, leads, and maybe introduces you to a growing and life-changing relationship with Jesus. Let's go into today's message. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another week of Bible study. I believe that we have become friends just connecting with each other more than we would usually, but I'm so glad that you have tuned in that you're connected when you could have been connected any place, but you chose to tune in tonight. Uh, while you're tuning in, uh, push share, uh, send this to different people to let them know that it's time for Bible study. Um, and We don't want you to miss it. Um, also, if you haven't done so already, make sure you're liking all of our pages or subscribing to everything so that you don't miss anything. I don't want you to miss anything at all. Speaking of missing things, we're also going into our time. We've got already started. Um, people are already being impacted by our circles of growth. It's called basically our small groups. Uh, so there are many that have started and I don't want you to miss it. So I want you to journey all over to our Growth Point website so that you don't miss anything. And you can find lots of resources there if you're going through anything or experiencing anything as it relates to this season. Uh, you'll even find a link at the top about COVID-19 and all the different resources that are available to you uh, to make sure that you know what is um, there for you during this time. We don't want you to miss anything at all. So I want to make sure that you're connected as well as um, that if you would like to join those of you who say, I want to connect with this church. I want to connect with this uh, particular body. Um, we have all different types of ways you can do that. So go to the website. Everything you need is on the website so that you can find that. Uh, so as you part, already push share, already populated, your friends already know uh, that we're on. You've already started your watch party. So let's go tonight into our word. I am continuing the series on Hello World. Uh, you already know this by now. Um, and I'm going to, I've been talking about for the last few weeks on how to reach your circle. I'm going to do it again, but I'm going to add a little tagline to it. So this is probably part, part three of the same uh, focus um, of under the umbrella of our series, Hello World. While you're tuning in, you know we make a confession together. We do this every time we read the word and I want you to make that confession with us. Those of you who are new to our family or haven't been uh, with us as long, you're probably starting to learn it. Those of you who have never been on the broadcast, uh, the words are coming up right now for you to say it with us. Let's say it. This is God's word for my life. I read it, receive it, understand it, and love it. I'm so glad I have what I need to grow. Tonight, um, I'm going to continue and actually end the chapter that we've been on for the last few weeks um, from Luke. And uh, what we've learned uh, from Luke and being in Luke for the last few weeks um, is about, we started out talking about the sheep and how the sheep wandered away um, and the owner went looking for the sheep uh, based on it being important to him. Then we talked about last week about how um, a lady had lost her coin. The coin was valuable because it also represented a day's worth. And she went looking for the coin that didn't get lost on its own, but it was lost due to negligence. Um, and both of those different teachings, those different scriptures have been challenging us as it relates to our circle, as John Maxwell says, leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. And we've been discussing that uh, from the uh, thought of how are we handling the influence that we have? How are we treating the influence that we have? How are we approaching that? Um, so tonight I'm going to go a little bit deeper. Um, and we, as we end this particular thought, in this particular chapter. We're not through with the topic of reaching your circle or, or reaching your um, uh, community or people that you're connected with, uh, but I want to uh, shift our focus uh, out of this chapter and we're gonna go somewhere else. But I still wanna talk about how to reach your circle, but tonight's topic is in the different um, a way, same, same thought process, but from a reverse approach. Basically, how to reach your circle with a reverse approach. For those of you who uh, know the word reverse just from a car standpoint or uh, from a vehicle, you think about moving it from park 
um, and then transitioning down to the gear reverse and going backwards. Um, that's not necessarily what I'm talking about tonight. But the, another definition for the word uh, uh, reverse is actually uh, going in or uh, going in or turn toward the direction opposite to previous, previously stated. Having a hard time getting that out. Say it again. Another definition is going in or turned toward the direction opposite to that previously stated. There are many of us who we have what we view is the appropriate or the effective or the most effective way to go after our circle or to go after people or to reach those who are considered far away from God or far away from God's will. And that is the approach that we think works best. And because that is the approach we think works best, when someone does not align or follow to the approach that we think works best, then we sometimes either ostracize them, put them off, <laughs> or uh, say that they're, uh, re, uh, re, um, they're above or beyond being reached. I want to uh, look at that from a different angle tonight. Um, last week was really personal, and this white, uh, week might be personal. That's why I said we're going to get out of Luke 15, because I don't want uh, to keep um, uh, making you uh, shift in your seat. But when we look at this particular scripture, many of you have known this, you've heard this. Um, you can probably quote this particular scripture or this story, a uh, parable that we've heard uh, many times has been used uh, for many different in many different angles. I want to use it from the angle of reaching your circle and evangelizing or or effectively reaching people that you're connected to and sharing the love of Christ with them. And how does that work and how do we do that? So when we look at this, this chapter and we look at how this chapter ends, it goes from sheep to coin to person, <laughs> from animal to item to person, from animal to item to person. A, a lot of times uh, there are many different um, areas of which we are challenged in. <laughs> Things that are um, uh, not just animal related, but things that are precious to us, things that are valuable to us, and then things that are personal to us. <laughs> so this thing right here, you might be able to find yourself in it as I have found myself in this. So in verse 11, it says, a man had two sons, two sons, and the younger of the sons, the younger is very important, the younger said to his father, father, give me the share a property that, or one version says, the inheritance that is coming to me, one version says, that belongs to me. We find out that in this scripture, y'all ready for it? We find out in this scripture that the younger son, the man had two sons, but one of the younger sons said, Father, give me what's mine, in essence. I believe I'm, I have a right to it and I want it now. I'm not really, I'm not really willing to wait too much longer for it, so I, I want what's mine. Younger can be looked at many different ways. Younger could mean that he was not as mature. Uh, younger could mean that he was anxious. Uh, when I look back on a lot of my younger years, and yes, I'm 40 now, but and for some, that's still a baby, but it's the oldest that I've ever been. But when I think about some of the younger decisions that I made, some of those decisions were based on um, impatience. Uh, some of them were based on, I felt like I was gonna miss something, FOMO, the fear of missing out. Some of those were thinking that I was ready for something that I was not ready for. Uh, many of us have something that we can uh, attribute or attach to our younger years and to our younger decisions and to our younger, there's a lot of young, uh, there are a lot of messages that I preached in my younger years that I wish I could go back and redo them again. Like I, I didn't mean it that way because sometimes life, uh, will teach you some things and will show you uh, how to approach things from a much wiser perspective. But here in this scripture, he felt like he was ready for it. So he went to his father and his father said, uh, he went to his father and said, I want what's mine. Give me what's mine. And what did a father do? Uh, this is what's important. This is how we go into reaching your circle and the reverse approach. After he said that, father said, uh, he said, give me the shared property that's mine. What did the father do? It says, and the father or he divided his property between them. 
I don't miss past that. Don't, don't, I want you to look over that. It doesn't say that the father released the inheritance or what was supposed to be given to just the one who asked it. It says that he gave the inheritance and the, what was supposed to be saved up for them, he gave it to them the younger and the older son. And we're going to talk about that elder son a little bit later. I'm not going to give him a lot of time tonight, but I'm going to give him just a little bit of time because that resonates with us as well. But you hear that it was given to both of them. It was a shared inheritance that was given to both of them. Uh, but we don't hear that this, the older son did anything right. The son, older son did anything immediately with it. But the younger son, who was anxious, immediately ran with it. Like, oh, you going to give me this? I'm, I'm out. Uh, the, the elder son, we'll find out what the elder son did later. But it's very important uh, because I want you to know that there is within you right now and within me right now, there is uh, there are two parts of us. There is the younger part of us and there is the elder part of us. Um, what I mean by that is there is the maturing part of us or the immature part of us, uh, but there is the um, maybe older version of the immature person. I don't want to just say the wiser part because we'll find out about that. And if you're not careful, uh, many of us will continue to change in years and not change in maturity. Uh, we will continue to grow uh, older as it relates to a number, but not wiser as it relates to circumstance. So we have to be careful as it relates to ministering or reaching or evangelizing to people that we uh, be like the, the writer wrote, I consider my own self. Uh, you have to make sure that while you are wanting to reach and while you're wanting to be effective glory, while you're wanting to be effective and you're wanting to uh, touch other people, uh, that you are considering yourself that there are two natures. Uh, there's a scripture that even talks about how Jacob, uh, there was uh, Israel. One, one minute he was Jacob, the one who was the trickster. He was the one who was the con artist. He was the one who was the heel snatcher. Uh, but later on, it says that he was wrestling glory. He was wrestling with the angel. And when he wrestled with the angel, uh, he says, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but you will be now Israel because you are one who has prevailed with God. There are two natures inside of us. There's the one that has not been redeemed. There's the one that has been redeemed. And if we're not careful, um, there, there was a story of uh, Chief Indian. I hope I'm saying this right. Of Chief Indian who was talking to his son and his son, he told his son, he said, there are two wolves that live inside of you. And the younger son asked his father, he said, well, which one of them lives? And he said, the one you feed. And you have to be careful of um, saying what you can or will not or won't do. Um, and uh, based on the fact that um, you don't have opportunity. Because when you feed that beast, <laughs> opportunity uh, will sometimes uh, rise up. So all of us, if we're not careful, we will forget that there are two natures inside of us and that we have two things that are wrestling within each other, when our, within ourselves, the God nature and the, and the uh, nature that is not like God. And we have to bring one under submission to the other. Glory. So the father divided the portion of goods that belonged to both of them. He gave it to them, not just to one, but to them. So the first thing I want to teach you tonight on how to reach your circle and how to do a reverse approach to it is first you have to release the reins. When we talk about the word reins, reins is something that you uh, usually see on a horse or an animal, usually something that is put in their mouth uh, to be able to um, get the desired result of the trainer or the desired result of the owner, uh, that they would put that in the mouth of the horse or put that in the mouth of the animals to make sure that the animal was under some sense of control, under a sense, some sense of guidance according to how they wanted to maneuver for that particular animal. We have to be very careful that while we are ministering to people or while we're trying to reach people, uh, that we don't put reins on people. Reins, uh, I know you say, I'm not putting anything in anybody's mouth, but we have to ask ourselves, am I wanting to control the outcome? Am I wanting to control how my child, how my friend, how my coworker, how my neighbor, how my associate, uh, my acquaintance, uh, my lover, my whatever, am I trying to control 
the narrative of how I think they should come to Jesus or how I think they should give their life to Christ or how I think this should operate. And we have to be very careful of that because the father, you don't see that the father asked why did he want it? You don't see that the father had a dialogue. You don't see that the father uh, tried to talk him out of it. You don't see any of that. You don't even see that the father decided just to give one, uh, give it to one and not give it to the other, which is to even say that all of us have gifts. All of us have been called, but not all of us respond to what we've been called to do. So it says that the father gave it to all of them, but we have to make sure that we are releasing the reins. When we feel like we find something better, we sometimes God does not always stop us. This son felt like there was something better than being in the safety of his house, being in a relationship with his father like that. Uh, we don't know if the mother was around or not, but we do know that there was a father. Uh, but we, we don't find or hear um, that he stopped him in any way. He let him go. There are some of us who we're saying, if I'm not supposed to be here or if I'm not supposed to do this or if my friends were not supposed to be there, then God would stop it. God made us all free moral agents, which means that we have the ability to be able to make decisions on our own. Uh, he will not stop us. And I know we want us to stop us. Uh, I remember there's a lady at my dad's church named Sister Linda Jackson. She has passed away. But I remember she used to pray, Lord, forgive us of sins of omission and commission. <laughs> she was saying, Lord, forgive me of the sins that I did willingly and the sins that I I omitted to even admit about that I did. Uh, there are many of us who go a way that is opposite towards the will of God. And if God were to stop us, many of us would only stop just because he stopped us. But we wouldn't stop because it's not our desire or an eight uh, plan to fill it for to fulfill that particular thing. But the, the father released the reins. He released the reins and then in verse 13 it says, and not many days later, it doesn't take long, not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had, took a journey into a far country, and there he squandered his property in reckless living. Now what is important to that? I don't have a lot of points for you tonight. I just want to talk to you. I want to come in your living room, come in your, your kitchen, uh, come wherever you are right now, your basement, or, or you're sitting on the roof. I don't know. I just want to have a conversation with you. Just me and you. Just ain't nobody else. Just, just me and you. Right here, it says that after he released the reins, it wasn't that long that the, that the son went to a far country. He went he didn't want to be even close to the house. I want you to know that there are people right now that you're called to reach who are not even thinking about God, thinking about Christ, thinking about coming to a church family. They're not interested at all. I don't want you to think for a second that many of them are wanting to. They're not. It's they, many people make decisions that put them far away on purpose. Uh, and it is what is interesting is many of us like this story. Many of us took off running in a direction. <laughs> but look at where you are right now. Glory. Can you give God praise just right now that while you are running, uh, he found you even while you are on the run? <laughs> if you just put in the comment sections right now, say he found me. He he found me. It's not we talk about. I'm so glad I found Christ. I, I don't I can't say I found him, but I can't say I was lost. <laughs> but now I'm found. I can say that he found me and I'm so grateful that he found me even when I was on the run I wanted I would just wanted to run the younger son gathered all he had took a journey into the father's country I'm trying to get past that all he had everything he had was what the father gave him <laughs> it wasn't stuff he had on his own how is it that we we think we're, we can outsmart God a lot of us we take what we think is ours that doesn't belong to us anyway it came from God <laughs> and then we're going to take it I'm going to take God's stuff into a far country <laughs> don't we sound so mature so often when we take I'm going to take God's gift and I'm going to use it here I'm, I'm going to take what God has given I'm going to take this love I'm going to take this patience take this kindness whatever and I, I'm going to I'm going to do something else with it and it's like it's mine so he took it into a far country verse 14 says and when he had spent all Spent everything. A severe famine arose in that country and he began to be in need. Listen, this is all with the father releasing the reins. Many of us are like, if he knows what's going to happen to me, he should stop it. He knew 
that there was not much safety or protection outside of him being connected to him. That's what the father knew. But he allowed him to be able to go out on his own knowing was what was going to happen. He went out and he says, and when he got to this far country, it says, and there, when he got, when he spent everything that he had, then it says, and then a famine arose in the country and he began to be in need. What was interesting is that the famine did not come before he uh, was out without. The famine did not come until he spent everything. <laughs> Famines uh, don't come until you have spent everything. Because while he had everything he needed, he had all the friends, he had the support, he had, a, he had everything he needed right then. But as soon as he ran out, that's when he began to look around and say, wait a minute, I, I'm in lack. And, and it's something about uh, when you're broke and you look around and your friends are broke too. Oh, that's the worst feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody got nothing. You know, he looked around and he had began and there became a famine in the land and they didn't have anything. And that now I'm saying that for this reason, that's the reason why I'm saying that as far as the reverse approach and releasing the rain. You have to be able to identify with your friends, your circle, your family um, and people that you're connected with when a famine has positioned them for something. You have to be careful not trying to to go after someone or I mean, you can pray for them, but having a conversation with someone who has not experienced a famine yet, has not experienced uh, a hardship. Like right now in this season, there are a lot of people whose hearts are open in ways that they have not been open before. Uh, people are listening in ways that they have not listened before. Many people are searching in ways that they've never searched before, uh, because when famine hits, uh, it, it, it is attached to now I'm desperate. And when you get desperate, when you get to a spot where you're really desperate and you're like, I need something I need. I need I'm, I, what I said I didn't want before I, I repent. I do want it. I need something different. I need some change right now. It is the it is it is poised. It is the uh, it is the great opportune time for you to be able to experience something or to see a change in someone because a famine has hit them. So that is what happened. It says and the famine came. But what was even interesting about when the famine came, let's go back to the word. It says uh, famine arose in that country. Verse 14, he began to be in need. Verse 15 says, so he went, hired himself to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate and no one gave him anything. So he ran out of everything that his father gave him. Instead of him going back home to get some more, because listen, if you give me something and I run out of what you gave me and I know you have more and you're you're distributing, <laughs> I'm coming back. You too. If your father gave you what you had and there's more of that, basically, because if the father gave it, that means he, he wasn't lacking for anything. He could have went home right then. But sometimes even in a famine, we still make foolish decisions. <laughs> Even when things are going wrong, we still don't always heed the warning signs and immediately respond to it. Instead of him responding in the famine and going back to the fellowship of his father, he immediately went and joined himself to another citizen of the country. I'm far away. This is what I could do on my own. Now I'm going to hook up with somebody who can help me even do worse than what I was already doing. Isn't it just crazy when we look back on some of the decisions and the things that we made in our life and how we had opportunities often to get out of those situations. But instead of us getting out of those situations, we went and joined ourselves or connected with somebody who could help us even do worse and stay longer than we even really wanted to stay. But pride caused us to be able to act like we were comfortable and we were OK. And this is where we wanted to be. But you have to be able to identify to be able to say, hey, what <laughs> the famine has already gotten me. I will not be foolish and stay longer than I need to stay. But he went and joined himself with another citizen of that country and got connected to someone who would just put him in a position to be able to feed off of what the pigs of swine were eating. Now, he was Jews. He was a Jewish uh, person. So he wasn't even supposed to connect it, be connected with swine, not even be connected with any of that type of stuff. But it's interesting that even when you're when you're in a foolish state of famine,
<laughs> you're in a state where you're not even where you need to be, then you'll start to connect, oftentimes connect with things that you would normally not even connect with just because you have allowed your, your foolishness will cause you to operate in blindness sometimes. So this is what he was in a sense where he started to feed off of what the, the, the swine were eating. Uh, he was feeding off of something called husk. Husk was a plant in the east that was food for cattle and swine, and it was often nourishment for the poor in times of distress. So he was just, I'm just not going to go home. I'm just going to eat whatever they give me. Uh, this is what the poor eat. I'm from a rich inheritance, <laughs> but I'm just going to, I'm just going to eat whatever they do and just be a part of whatever they're a part of. And it says that he was in such a famine that not only did he not have anything, but it also says that no one even gave him anything. No one even uh, recognized that he was in need. When the person you're going to reach, um, you're really going to reach them effectively. You're going to reach them when they get to the point where not only they are in a famine, not only are they without but they're also in a spot that no one is helping them. No one is reaching out for them. No one. I, I, I guarantee you right now that we're all connected to someone. We're all connected to something that we're someone or the person that we're connected to. No one is reaching out to them. And we just think because, well, everybody should be connected to them right now because there's all types of live streaming services that are available. All types of churches that are offering services. That's just like having direct TV or dish or, or internet or fire stick and all these different things. And so there's all types of programming that is available to people. There's all different types of things that people can use. Yes, those things might be available, but if people don't know how to access them and if people don't know what those things mean, I mean, there are lots of different shows that all of us have gotten acquainted with right now that I was not even aware of before we got forced into some of these type of situations where some of us are watching more than what we intended to watch. So we cannot just assume that people just are tuning in and they, that they have an understanding. You remember just a few weeks ago when I was talking about the eunuch who was who had just left worship and he was riding back in his chariot rich in a position of wealth, but still had no understanding. You have to look over what you're impressed by. And just because we're impressed does not mean someone's, uh, someone understands. Uh, they, they might have all things according to what we think and have all different uh, bigger houses and nicer things and all that type of stuff. But when a situation and a famine sweeps across the land, when something comes through, it hits everybody. It rains on the just as well as the unjust. And we have to get outside of our assumptions and thinking that every, somebody's probably called them. Somebody's probably checked on them. Somebody's probably make sure that's done. Somebody's probably done outreach. Somebody is that somebody you <laughs> could it not be done because we are constantly there's a lots of people. I, I'm not I can't I don't want to get into it, but I'm telling you, there's so many people that I know and you know, not just me, you know, them too, and that we have in our phones and that we're connected to that. We're always delegating the responsibility to somebody else. Now, please know as a leader, delegation is important, but we're always trying to say, I think so-and-so should sing that song. I think so-and-so should pray. I think so-and-so should be able to start that group. Why are you not the so-and-so? Why are we not the ones? Many times who our friends, our associates, our co-workers, our friends, our circles are looking for is us. But many of us are so on the run that we can't be available. And God is not looking for you to be just completely perfect and, and everything right. But he is asking, do you have any availability? Can you do something that can be able to help somebody? Glory to God. I, I just want to just share that. In verse 17, let's go back to the scripture. Verse 17 says, this is this is the redemption part. It's starting to, starting to turn around. It was really bad, but it's coming around. I want you to know the people you're connected to, they're coming around. You might not see them, but I want you, you might not see it right now, but I want you to start to really start to look within and start to start notice some signs because in verse 17 it says that when he came to himself glory to God that's what we all pray for people that we're connected to that's what we all pray for the different ones that we have responsibility for and have influence over pray that they will come back to themselves remember a few weeks ago we started with that pray God's will over their life that's what we want to pray that they come back to themselves it says and when he came to himself glory he said how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough 
But I perish here with hunger. He started to talk to himself. One conversation he had with himself was starting to look around at what he had done, what he had gotten himself into, looked at what he had gotten himself into. And then he said, wait a minute. I'm more than this. Glory to God. I feel like the, the symbol anointing, symbol anointing is coming on Mephasa. It's speaking, saying you're more than what you have become. That's what we want to. When you're ministering to people, uh, instead of talking about you shouldn't be doing that, be able to reposition our words, the reverse approach and be able to reposition our words and say, you know what? You're more than that. Uh, it, it softens it. It softens the conversation instead of saying, I can't believe you would ever do that. To be honest, there's a lot of things that if we had opportunity, we would do, too. So we can't just tell people, I, I can't believe you would do it. A lot of us would do some different things. Uh, if, and, and, and some of us, thank God, that in our early years, there was no Snapchat. And there was no Facebook and there wasn't any of that type of stuff. So some of these memories that float up around, they say around this time last year, this time six years ago, we're grateful that 15 years ago or 20 or 25 years ago, however long it's been out, that it wasn't there because no one can really know what some of the things that we used to connect with or were capable of. But can we thank God for a moment right now, for those of you who are on the other side of this story, that you did come to yourself. We used to sing a song, I came to Jesus <laughs> just as I was. What we say, I was weary, I was worn, and I was sad, but I found in him, glory, a resting place. What does it say? And he has made me glad. Can you thank God that you're on the other side of where you could have stayed? Glory, that we're on the other side of where we could have died, that we're on the other side of where we could have been left alone. We're on the other side of had we had been left to ourselves that we would not be on this side we would not be saying anything we would not be having any praise we we might not have all of our mind but just thank God for the mind that you do have that you're on the other side it says that when he came to ourselves, and can we give God glory right now that he allowed us to come back to ourselves? that he allowed us to be able to do some crazy deranged things but he also allowed us to come back to ourselves he came to himself he said how many of my father's hired servants have enough bread and I perish here. I'm not going to stay like this. He said, I will rise, go to my father's house. I'll go back. I will say, Father, I sinned against heaven. He's now he's talking about where he was. Now he's talking about where he wants to get back to glory. That's what we want. That's what real revival does. It's not just talking about where I am. It says, oh, no, I don't want to stay here. Let me talk about where I need to go. I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy. He's having a conversation before a conversation. <laughs> I want to tell you something right now that some of your friends, some of the people you're connected to, they're already starting to have the conversation. They're already starting to, to, to imagine what it's going to look like to be right again. <laughs> Ooh, glory. They're starting to already imagine. They're starting to already try to figure it out. He said, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. He said, I just want to be, I just want to be a hired servant. He said, I, I don't even, I don't even, I just want to be associated. I want you to be, a, I just want to be around the house. He said, I don't even care if, if you don't call me son, if I'm not in right relationship with you. He says, but I want to just be right back home. And it's interesting because later earlier in, in, the, in the story he wanted to leave home uh, but when life hits now he wants to get home <laughs> there are some people who when when life is is where the way they want it to be they will do and people will do anything and everything but when life hits you when circumstance hits you when a famine hits you now all of a sudden you're like I just want to go back home <laughs> come on Dorothy I just want to go back to to the place of safety I just want to go back to where if some of us who are older Lord take me back to the place where I had no bills <laughs> Take me back to the place where I had no responsibilities and nobody was calling me daddy or mom and all that type of stuff. But but not that those are bad things, but all of us have a place we would love to go back to. And here he came back. He said, I just want to be a servant. He wants to be at the lowest spot. I don't even want to be at the spot of honor. He said, I don't want the position or the title. I just want to be back home in the safety. Here it is that he was at a space or a spot. No one laid hands on him. No one gave him a track. Glory to God. No one gave him uh, um, an offering. No one gave him an oil from uh, some, some anointed oil from another country. Nobody gave him a prayer shawl. But something that was down inside of him went off. And he said, let me get back to my originated design. Let me tell you something like I said last week, that there is an imprint of God on people. And when they get in a famine, it has a way of causing people to 
remember who they are and remember what God designed them to be and remember what their DNA is and who breathed breath into them. Conversion has a way of causing you to look at things differently. Conversion means that I'm willing to change something. Conversion, according to him, he was the house was not different. His father wasn't different. Glory. His 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 uh, the the riches were not different. The landscape was not different. The servants there were not different. None of that stuff. But his eyes began to be converted. So all of those things were the same. But the way he looked at them were differently. That's what we want to pray for conversions. I feel the Holy Ghost. I want you to start praying for true conversions to start hitting in your household. True conversions to start hitting within us true conversions to start hitting in our teams and in our circles and the people that we're connected to that things might look the same like I still got on this same outfit I still got this same table and I still got this same iPad and this same this still same cup and all same building but my eyes are looking at it a little bit differently than I looked at it before when you want to get to a spot where God softens you allow God to soften your heart where you start to look at things differently again in a new way with new eyes and that's what Many of us are in a position in a posture right now where the world has postured us and put us in a position where many of us are looking at prayer differently right now. We're looking at the word differently. Not that the word has changed, not that prayer has changed, but our, our, our affixation towards it, our affinity towards it, our, our love towards it, our appreciation for it now, our appreciation towards friends, our appreciation towards family, our appreciation towards God, our appreciation towards health, our appreciation toward being in our right mind. Just go ahead. Uh, if Pastor Gilman were here, he would just say, I appreciate God. Would you do me a favor right now in the comments? section right now. Just say something you appreciate that you didn't appreciate before. Whatever it is, just populate and just go ahead and keep saying that that's what converted eyes will do. I'm converted in a way that I look at things. Go ahead and just say, I, I excuse me, say, I appreciate, I appreciate, I appreciate that. I appreciate him. I appreciate there. I appreciate this. I appreciate my church. I appreciate this streaming. I appreciate this Bible study. I appreciate that things are not worse as they, they could have been worse than what they are. I appreciate that I, I'm still in my right mind. I appreciate that I'm not in the hospital. I, I appreciate that no one in my family has died. I appreciate that I still have, I still have some money. It might not be all I want. I appreciate whatever it is. I go ahead, just populate. I appreciate God. I I appreciate him loving me. I appreciate him giving me another chance. I appreciate him allowing me to come back home. I appreciated him never turning his back on me. I appreciated him forgiving me. I appreciate his faithfulness. I appreciate his kindness. I appreciate glory. Hallelujah. Glory. I appreciate his kindness. I appreciate his love. I appreciate his, his healing. I appreciate his delivering. Delivering me when I didn't want to be delivered. Thank him for allowing me. Glory. Thank him for allowing me to come back to myself. Go ahead under to say I appreciate. I appreciate. I appreciate. Y'all got me stirred up. I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me. My soul. Glory, 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 glory. Go ahead and say, I appreciate. I appreciate it. Hallelujah. Woo. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. Ha. Glory. If I wasn't live right now, I'd run around this camera. Woo. Glory. Come on. Somebody say, I appreciate. I, I, I appreciate. Hallelujah. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Glory. Uh, God, God lets us. Hallelujah. God lets us often run our course because he knows it will run out and we will run back. Ooh, ooh, that's so good. God sometimes often lets us run the course because he knows the course will run out and we will run back. Let's go on. And I, I got to finish here. Verse uh, verse 20 says he arose. He talked to himself, then he got up, made a decision. Rose, glory. Whew. Somebody just keeps saying, I appreciate, I appreciate. I imagine the comment section is just going. He arose, came to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him, felt compassion on him, ran to him. He kissed him. And his son said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and I've sinned before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. He repeated. He said out loud that thing he had repeated. He said, but his father said his father had a response. And I'm going to get back to this. Uh, when he was a great way off, his father turned toward where his, his father, his father ran towards him. He wasn't even there yet, but he saw him progressing towards coming back. Basically, the son's face was set on coming back 
even though his body had not yet returned. This is the second part of how to have a reverse approach. You got the first part, you know, the first thing um, is uh, to make sure, I got so caught up, I don't remember the first part, to release the reins, release the reins, we do that. The second thing is now, when he was a first a great way off, his father could have been in anger, but his father was not in anger. It says his father ran to him while he wasn't even yet home yet. Do you know how great the love of God is that even when I'm not even close, that he will even he will applaud my efforts. I want you to secondly, I want you to refuse to rehearse what you remember. Refuse to rehearse what you remember. What does that mean? A lot of us, when someone, our child, our family member, our coworker, our friends, our associates, our acquaintances, when they start to align, then we start saying, girl, you be careful because you know you could go back. And we start to rehearse different things. Like I remember when you left, remember you wanted to go out there? Remember how you told me you didn't respect my parenting and you didn't respect me and you want to get out the house and now you want to come back? No, 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 no. That's not what we learn in this text. We learn that when he was a great way off, he showed him love. He ran towards him. He did not say it took you long enough. He didn't say, I didn't think you would ever come home. Something within him, glory, hallelujah, something within him said, I knew you would come back. I didn't know what condition you would come back under, but I knew you would come back and I'm going to run and show compassion. He says, and the son, what was interesting is that the son, glory, the son did not confess until after the father embraced him. Glory, 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 glory. We want people to confess and then we embrace them. Oh, no, 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 no. You love them. I feel like the movie Get Out Out. No, 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 no. You do what we do. What God does is he loves you. What does the scripture say? That while I was still in sin, hallelujah, while I was still a great way off, while I was not thinking about him, while I was not in my right mind, he loved me and because of his love, I changed and because of his grace I changed and because of his forgiveness I started to change and reposition myself while his son was a great way off he ran towards him he kissed him fell on his neck did all this stuff and even told him to shorten the text he told his servants bring me all the stuff bring me the the robe he said his this robe he's dirty and filthy he said but I want you to put something glory him that reminds him that he's my son. Put something on him that reminds him that he's royal. Put something on him. Jesus, I love you today. Put something on him to be able to say that he's great, that he's he's not what he's been. He's not what he's become. And put some shoes on him because he wants to be a servant, but servants don't even walk around with shoes. I want to make sure that everywhere he walks, everywhere he walks on this, on, on these grounds and everywhere he walks on this acreage or this foot or this, this particular place that he has, I want want him to remember that he's walking like the child of a king. This is his land. This is not something he has to work for. This is not anything that he has got to get in right standing for. It is by grace that he has been saved. <laughs> not of any works that he should ever boast. He's walking around in something that was paid for him. He did not pay the price to be able to wear these clothes. The price has already paid. Oh God, it sounds like Jesus. It sounds like my Savior that he did what I could not do for myself and put on me what I could not put on myself and gave me shoes to walk in that I could not afford for myself. You want Jordans? You want Nikes? I want them to order my steps in his word. Glory, glory, glory to the Lamb. Thank God for putting on you for what you couldn't put on yourself. Somebody in the comment section, go ahead and give God a praise for him giving you what you did not deserve. I did not deserve right standing. I did not deserve to be back in his will but thank him for running towards me when I wasn't running towards him. Great way off, but he came towards me. Wasn't even thinking about being right again, but he came towards me. Somebody just say, he came toward me. He came to me. He came to me. He came to me. Hiya. Glory, 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 glory. He came to me. He came to me. He came to me. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He came to me. <laughs> Woo. Glory. Hallelujah. Woo, Jesus. We have to refuse to rehearse what we want to remember. Lastly, let me come all the way down. Give me three more minutes. I'm through. Now, the older son was in the field. Shortness. The older son was in the field. Woo. Hmm. 
Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Woo! Lord, have mercy. I'm telling you. Woo, I love the word. I love the word. I know you do, too. I love the word. Um, I was taught uh, that when went from the country that that uh, if you cook the meat right, it'll make its own gravy. <laughs> gravy alone will make you sick. But if you get it right in the word and you cook it right and you prepare it right, it'll, it'll make its own gravy. Gravy means it'll make you happy all by itself. I don't have, I don't have no organ here. I don't have no drum track. I don't have nobody. It's just me and the word and some lights. That's all I got. But let me tell you something. When I think of the goodness of Jesus, <laughs> Woo! glory, hallelujah, glory. The oldest son was in the field. Oldest son had an issue with this. I'll tell y'all three minutes. Now I'm down two minutes. Son had an issue. His issue was that there was a party going on for the one who left. That's what the eldest son. Remember, I told you there's two natures in us. There's some of us who are glad to be home, and then there are some of us who are judging those who left. Mind you, they're brothers. It's important that we be careful of judging someone that's kin to us. When I say kin to you, I'm not just talking about uh, by last name or step or any of that. I'm talking about they're in the family of God. You say, well, they haven't, they haven't confessed Christ we are all made in his image. <laughs> and we say, are they all strung out? Yeah, it could have been you. Had circumstances been different. Had circumstances been different, it could have been any of us. He says, I'm, I'm, I'm a set with this. Why are you doing all this type of stuff? And the father replies, I've made this real short. The, the father replied in verse 31. He says, son, you are always with me. And all that I have is yours. You got the same thing he got. He said, it's fitting for me to celebrate your brother because he was dead and now he's alive. He was lost and he's found. He said, he ain't died. Yeah, he did. He got out of fellowship. He was lost to me, but he was dead to himself. I could not go after him. I wanted to, but I couldn't because he was dead to himself. I had to let him run his course. I would have rather... You have done the same thing. Make sure that you're not here just because of position. I would rather you make sure that you're not just here because you want to be recognized. He said, the lesson, son, if you're really going to make sure that you have a reverse approach on reaching your circle, elder son, elder part of you, you got to make sure that you know that real recovery comes through relationship. And there are some people who won't really appreciate this relationship until they lost it. Until they're out of fellowship with it. And still they're disconnected from it. When, when they come back home this time, it's not because of the buildings. It's not because of the lights. It's not because of cute things. <laughs> Woo, glory, I feel Jesus. It's not because of worship teams. It's not because of LED lights. It's not because of three services. It's not because the preacher can put you in the key of E flat. It's not because of us laying hands on you and having a zoo every Sunday. Oh, no, 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 no. But when a famine has hit you, to come back to yourself, home feels a little bit different now. Because real recovery will always happen through relationship. And I want to end here tonight to challenge all of you. You don't have a right to minister to anybody you don't first have relationship with. I'm challenging you tonight. Look within those two natures of yourself, the younger and the, old and the older. Let's get people back home. Let's get people back home. Make sure you identify those people who are in a famine. See where they are and go after them. <laughs> I pray you've under, I pray that this ministered to you tonight. I do. I pray that it did. I pray that you look at these three weeks of how to reach your circle in a different way. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray for those who've been connected. Maybe there is someone who went out who's looking right now and said, I want to come home and I want to give them that opportunity. Repeat after me, say, Lord Jesus, I was that, that's my story. I didn't know anybody wrote about it. I'm ready to come back. Coming back to the heart of worship. I want to be back in line. 
I repent. I change my course. I'm ready to be converted. I give you my heart. I believe you died that I might have life and you got up that I might have victory. You saved me. Save me. Save me. Forgive me of my wrongs. Forgive me for leaving in the first place. In Jesus' name, amen. I believe that you're going to have some great testimonies from people that you are reaching. Go to our website. If you gave your life to Christ tonight or you were blessed by this message tonight, put in the comment section, this was for me tonight. This was for me. This was for me. I want to make sure you have an opportunity to give. I don't want you to ever log off. I thank you. The, the salvation is free. <laughs> we know that. Uh, but we want to make sure that um, when he puts you back in your right mind, the same God sacrificed everything for you. Let's make sure that we're giving. Giving. Uh, let everyone give at his purpose in his own heart. Not grudgingly, a necessity. God loves a cheerful giver. Let's cheerfully give. So I want you to have the opportunity to do that. All right, I love you all. I'll see you same time, same place next week. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to the Bible study. Share this with some people because um, we all need to identify those two natures within ourselves. Goodbye. We want to thank you for your prayers, support, and generous giving that makes this ministry possible. For more ways to connect, visit online at growthpointchurch.org. If you enjoyed today's message, like our page, share the message with your friends, or take a screenshot and share on your social stories and tag us at My Growth Point. Until next time, keep growing.